Welcome to this episode of Bob Cooney's VR Deep Dive Podcast. In this series, Bob connects you with some of the leading innovators and thinkers in location-based VR. Thanks to everyone for joining the Deep Dive series. And Charlie has taken a little bit of time out of what has to be a really freaking hectic schedule. Yeah, I like, have like 20 meetings a day. I'm not kidding. Yeah. But so. again, you go by somebody's booth, you're only there for 15 minutes. And now you did a really amazing survival guide. I know, but did CES 23 times in 30 years. Yeah, every year I do this show, I swear I'm never doing it again. And I'm here. I, yesterday, my feet hurt so badly. And I went to the void yesterday. Yep. I did Wreck-It Ralph, and Curtis Hickman was there. What do you was, think? Is that the first time you did it? Wreck-It Ralph, yeah. yeah. All right, let's talk about Wreck-It Ralph. We're going to talk about all, I have no idea what we're going to talk about, by the way. So, Well, I mean, Wreck-It Ralph is, first of all, I think the premium, premium void experience is Ghostbusters. It was the first thing they made. Really? You still like that the I best? I still like that the best. I'm not a fan of Star Wars because it's a wave shooter and not a terribly good one. And Nicodemus... Which I haven't done yet. Which, done which actually Higman told me was his favorite. Yeah. Well, first of all, when I did it, I had mad tracking problems. It was ridiculous. Second of all, you know, the whole thing has to take place in a little room. It limits them badly. Yep. And so, you know, they put you in like an old-fashioned train car and monsters are trying to reach in and grab you. Right? So, I mean, it was okay. Was I don't, it scary? Not to me, because yeah. I knew what they were going to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's, you know, once you're in the horror house... You know, the question is, who's jumping out of the dark, right? So I thought that was okay. Wreck-It Ralph, they got all their assets from the movie. So you literally are inside of the movie. And the character animation, which was done by Disney, Mm -hmm. is really, really good. Mm. Um, You know, that said, it's not a great story. The Jeopardy and everything in it is kind of silly. So, I mean, I liked it more than Nicodemus and Star Wars, yeah. but not as much as Ghostbusters. I thought that one of the interesting things they've done, and I've already talked about this on Facebook Live, but is they actually added some real gamification to it for yes. the first time. Yeah, right? yeah, I mean, yeah. there was a score, there was some game weird, right. like, mini-games. Right, and you yeah. could see that in Nicodemus, that they're trying to okay. give you more, make you more active inside of the game. Because you don't know what to do, I and mean, that's the problem with VR in general is you have to have something to do. Yes. You know, I told somebody at the very beginning of my career told me something, a random guy. I was at a film festival, you know, chatting with in the lobby between films. And he said to me, things have to happen in cinema. It was a very simple and profound idea, but the same applies to VR. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, the sense of presence, of course, with other people is very powerful. But once you get over that, it's like, okay, we're virtually present in this strange digital world. What do we want to do here? And that was my sense with Wreck-It Ralph. You know, they were just opening in Santa Monica. It was their new site. And it was a pre-opening test. And they were out beta testing it. And so, you know, they were rebooting something. And they let us do Star Wars. They had two stages set up. And they let us do Star Wars. And the person I was with hadn't done it. So we did Star Wars and then did Wreck-It Ralph. And I was kind of left with the sense that it's just VR. Like, the stories aren't... It's not long enough to develop story, even with IP. Like the nice yeah. thing about IP is you set the context right away, right? So you don't have to tell you the story. You know where you are. You know right? where you are. Boom, you're in it, right? Right. I'm in Star Wars. These are Star Troopers. I'm a Star spy. Shoot them. I kind of get it, right? Shoot them. So even with the IP and the story, it still just feels like a tech demo to me. All of them. Even the best of them now. And this could be my jaded having done too much VR. Yeah. I think for the average consumer, it's still amazing. Right. If you haven't done free roam VR and you walk into the void, your mind is going to be blown. Alone. Whatever thing you right. do there. But at some point, like you say, when you get over that, then well, there's no next? repeatability. That is their problem. And, yeah. and Dreamscape is going to have a similar problem. Yeah. Because the only reason you would repeat, and frankly, the only reason I've done 
Ghostbusters three times is because the second two times, I did it four times, wow. <laughs> but I was always with other people after yes, that who I wanted too. to show yeah. free roam VR yeah. and what it meant. Do we want to show people the augment from the first one? Hell yeah. And I've got some. So one of the cool things about this webinar, beyond this platform, beyond the fact that occasionally it seems to freaking crash, the first time that's happened, by the way. And so for those of you, while we're getting this out. No, no it's just going to take me a second. Oh, okay. So I'm, I've got to open the. Um, Here's a link to Charlie's uh, Forbes page. So go ahead and click on that and follow Charlie Fink on Forbes or Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? Charlie Fink. Charlie Fink. And go ahead. And then I'm going to give you a link also to the book on Amazon so you guys can. Yeah, make um, sure there's several it. buying options on Amazon. Make sure you buy from the author. Yeah. Okay, then, so I'm, I'm launching the Free Think right Metaverse app. It comes with the book. You read the book with your phone in your hand. Of course, most people have their phone yeah. next to them yep. 24 hours a day. And so we can... So I'm going to... Can you guys see the screen? Yep. Okay, so this is the cover of the book. It's the back of my business card, but it's the cover of the book. And it's a marker, right? It's marker VR. There you go. Move it that way. So Hello, I'm Charlie Fink. I'm a futurist and the author of this book, which you can yeah. judge from its cover. It's full of AR fun like this. So keep your phone handy so as you check out what's inside right? and join yeah, me awesome. on this journey. Let's dive in. <laughs> Let's have some fun. That's freaking amazing. And so the whole book is filled with 40 minutes of original animation yeah and so each section there's this really cool thing and you hold the app up and you know and it and it gives you like the context and it tells you a story about they're like it. they're little new yorker cartoons yeah you know that pop up to life yeah, yeah and so super entertaining and when you show it to other people especially if they haven't seen ar freaking minds are blown it's like the best coffee table book right ever ever <laughs> ever. True. ever so i am going to put up a link to it and, and by the way it's a really nice book it's printed on premium paper yep you know, it's not a throwaway paperback book. Yeah. That, you know, you have to schlep around. It is. We made it with the intention of it being a coffee table book. We made it with the intention of people being omnivorous and reading it out of order. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, which yeah. the second book is also like that because I think it's very rare for people today to like sit down and start on page one and put a bookmark in and just keep going. Yeah. And that was my thing. I found myself flipping. I'm used to like when I read, you know, going for the, I found myself flipping back and forth and, and wanting to do all the animation. Right. right? So you read the LBE chapter first. Because <laughs> you're in it. <laughs> and I was just realizing like last year you interviewed me. Right. On CES about LBVR. And this year I'm interviewing you. Right. Kind of. We're really not. We're just, it's not an interview. We're just. We're just friends. We're out. just chatting. Yeah. Chatting. So let's talk about oh, so, so wait, oh, I was going to talk about the Void a little bit. Oh, yeah, let's talk about Just because, you know, so that's the Void experience we were talking about. Now let's talk about the Void as a business. Okay, yeah. Uh, so first of all, Cliff Plumer, who was the CEO, who was spectacularly unqualified for that job. Sorry, Cliff. Nothing about retail entertainment. Yeah. He was a special effects guy, so he probably could help them with production, but I don't think they needed help with production. They needed help with retail. Yeah. And so he was a terrible choice to bet. A year and a half, after a year and a half, they decided that, yes, indeed, he was a terrible choice. Yeah. I don't think they've announced a replacement for him yet. Well, they've got a temporary CEO that, from what I'm telling, is going to wind up, hasn't been announced yet, but he's going to wind up taking the role permanently. And they've done a massive wipeout. Like, a yeah. lot of the old people have been yeah. sent. Yeah, Hickman is the only one left. Yeah. You know, now, Kevin Williams gossip. I'm sure you guys know Kevin. He yeah, he was on our webinar last year. Yeah, so. He's also a friend of Bob and I. And Kevin is a gossip. Kevin is, in Australia, they would call him a sticky beak because he yeah, sticks his beak in everybody's yeah, business. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, take this for what it's worth. It's gossip. I don't yeah, know yeah. if it's true. 
I haven't heard it from we're anybody not else. A, we're not above spreading gossip. Yeah, we're not above spreading gossip. So he said they are trying to get out of retail. They are trying yeah. to get out of their leases yeah. because leases are a horrible idea. It is A lease is the worst thing that can happen to an LPVR business, yeah. right? And if your business fails, it'll be 90% to, to your lease. Yeah. So they're trying to get out of their leases and focus more on destinations. Like Disney and places like that. Yeah. I also heard they're going to really try to focus on theaters because yeah, which the is, IP tie-in with the Yeah, I actually like think that, theaters so. are the worst place for LBDR. Why do you think so? Because you're adapting, you're taking on all the utilization problems that movie theaters have. Mm. But you don't have the capacity to make up for the slow week on Friday and Saturday night. Mm. So, you know, movie theater could be empty the entire week yeah. and they make their whole nut Friday and Saturday night because so, they put 300 people in a room with one projector. So, so I'm going to add on that. I'm going to say yes and if you're going to use the same operational and marketing mentality that you use to run your theater, you're absolutely doomed. If you can understand that, you have to sell your off-peak times and you can get that through your head. You can actually be successful. And the guys at Sinopolis down in Mexico City um, Wait, well, also the guys at VR World, which is also in New York. Okay, you know they have a fantastic location across the street from the Empire State Building. Yeah, ninety percent of their revenue comes from corporate businesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, now of course they're they're in a unique spot in New yeah. York because there's so many businesses. But theaters are also them. figuring that out with NCM and the the corporate meeting space that they're doing with the digital broadcast on it, and so. Some theaters, the progressive guys that are really smart, and Sinopolis is one of those. Gabrielle, I don't know if you're watching, but I love you guys. I think they're smart enough to figure that out. And I don't know if all the theater chains are quite that strategic. Yeah. And that's the Well, for what it's worth, I had coffee with the owl, who's the person in charge of LBBR at IMAX. Yep. And, uh, mm-hmm. and he was courteous enough to say to me, okay, everything you predicted would go wrong, went wrong. Yeah. yeah. And I said, I told you, you can't do this business without group sales. Yep. You have no group sales, you have no business. Because that's the only solution to the utilization problem. Yep. Because you can't bring people into your location, even if everybody loves it. You can't bring them in on Tuesday afternoon. They're either at work or they're at school. And this is one of the things that I think, you know, when I was working with Zero Latency, that their first location in Melbourne was a unicorn, right? I mean, and that happened but that's what, That was the Battletech Center in Chicago. Exactly. Right? The that Battle was my Tech... first laser storm in Denver at Funplex. Right. Yep. The Battletech Center in Chicago was the first location... And it was the only location that we had out of 35 locations on four continents. Yeah. It was the only one we had that never declined. And so for those of you that are building solutions, and I know a lot of people follow me or in the solution development business and looking to launch products and stuff like that, like learn this fucking lesson right now. Just because you built your first location and it's really successful doesn't mean you have a scalable, sustainable business. There's magic around that first location. You're there. The owner's there all the time. The community's behind it because it's new. You got media. You got all of this shit that's hard to replicate when you start to scale. And so you don't know if you have a business until you open your second, third, fourth location. And if you're selling it, you got to make sure somebody else can operate as well as you do. And that's a that often doesn't. I think a lot of operators, you know, they open a place and they find a manager and they're operating like a McDonald's franchise. I mean, home VR is coming down in price. You know, what's the reason now that you have a go or, you know, perhaps a whole vibe setup, although most people don't have that because nobody has that kind of room in their house. Yes. And we won't spend the next hour talking about why VR isn't a consumer product. We'll talk about that later, at least yet. Yeah, well, I, I have some thoughts on that. As I said I had a big epiphany writing my new book. Okay. And right. that's well, what I'm going to talk about. Let's come back to that, yeah. 
So the place where most people fail is that they fail to build a community. That's why people come back to an LBVR. Mm. I think that people who understand how to run local esports. Yep. You know, you have to become a trusted curator. You know, I wrote about that in my book. I think I did at least. Or it might not have made this book. It might be in the next book, um, which is going to be more focused on operators. But back in the arcade, the early arcade days, I remember as a kid that the operator, he was a mentor to the kids. He was a dad. Right, he yeah. was a dad, yeah. right? And he would sit there and we would sit there and we would talk to him. We'd spend hours and hours and hours. And, you know, parents are like, what are you doing at the arcade? You're doing drugs. I'm like, yeah. actually, no, I'm talking to a fucking human being. Yeah, right. Right. So, so, the, so right? yeah, the human factor yeah. in LBVR is more important than the technology. Yep. So I think people miss that. And it, it's hard to do that in multiple places. Yep. The other thing is, as I said, you have to have a corporate or group sales strategy yeah. in place. You can't open your place, run it, curate it build relationships, and also get on the phone four hours a day and so forth. Yeah. So I'm staying with my buddy Drew Pollock, who was the U.S. franchisor for UltraZone back in the laser tag days in the 90s. And he told me when he opened his first site here in Vegas, on the first weekend, he gets a call from somebody who said, hey, we want to book a birthday party. And he's like, okay, uh, bring <laughs> some food and we'll figure it out, right? And they got a folding table. And what he said, he didn't realize they were in the birthday party business. And, That's right. And this is something that I think a lot of the arcades aren't realizing. They don't have the you got to take a clue from the moon bounce, guys. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and so the Ultra Zone in Sherman Oaks, California, which has like been open 25 years, last month did 900 birthday parties. So they have a good business. And, they have, again, and they've been in business 25 and, years. And, and it's just a laser tag arena. by the way, all those birthday parties, they happen in the morning. They happen in the early afternoon. Nobody wants to, not to doing book a party group. 7 o'clock Friday night. Right. Nobody right. wants a group sale at those hours. So right. you're utilizing your off-peak hours. Yep. Absolutely. So you were saying something. Yeah. So here's, here's something profound. Yeah, I think it's going it? to affect the LBE business very dramatically. We are at a very specific moment in tech history. But I can give you examples going back to the Industrial Revolution in the 18th century of convergence. Technologies converge and they create disruption. Yep. PC plus internet. Yep. Combustion gotcha. engine plus airplane. Yep. Electricity plus telephone. Yep. Right? No yep. electricity, no telephone. Yep. I mean, landline phones are carrying electrical pulses. Smartphones plus Uber. Disintermediating transportation. Correct. Correct. So right. we're headed toward a moment where 5G which is going to take longer and be harder than everybody says. Yep. And I could get into and the it's a trillion part. dollar investment, by right, the way. Right. So. But it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But, but there are real problems with it. It doesn't go through glass. So you have to put like a modem like thing in your window and it'll rebroadcast it. It's a repeater and it'll rebroadcast it. But if you have a big house or you live in an interior apartment building, you may need several repeaters. Wow. Okay. They're trying to solve that problem. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so there's real science problems that they have with yeah, the technology. Okay. Yeah, exactly. But it's going to happen. I just don't know. No one can say when. I would say well, generally. AT&T is already. You know, <clears throat> long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Sorry. you know, you also have to keep in mind, you know, these guys are they have the Verizon guy speaking. They have the AT&T guy, John Donovan, was speaking. And, you know, they talk about 5G quite a lot. But you have to understand their product is their stock. Right. So, I mean, they want that 5G hit right now. Yeah. They want they the want, 5G logo on the Samsung. Right, they don't 4G, want to wait right. five years for it to be yeah. in, you know, 30% of the country. Yeah. But it is going to be quite extraordinary because it's zero latency cloud computing. Yep. So that means, for example, in VR, that you're downloading a scene in the background all the time. Yeah. And you don't have to store any of the content. Yep. Right. Which is a problem for VR either in the home or, or out of home. Yeah. 
the file size for a substantial VR experience. 3D360. Which big. is ridiculous. And, you know, because I, you know, write about VR, I have my little Vive setup that I break out about once a week if I'm not writing a book. Yeah. And, you know, I have three hard drives. Wow. Yeah. Because it takes so long. So I have Star Trek Bridge Crew, which I've played once, took 13 hours to download on a cable modem, and it got interrupted several times because it, the file gets corrupted. Over 13 hours, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. cable modem signal is not that good. Yeah. And it's very finicky. It can't have any dropout. So then I thought, well, I can't download this again. I better save this. So I've got like a little portable hard drive <laughs> that has Star Trek Bridge Crew, which I've never played again. <laughs> so, which means so that game cost you 50 bucks. Right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> but I use that as a point to say that's the old method. The new method, it that's was, gone. It was it's Live. gone, right. And so that means the devices are going to change dramatically, mm. right? Your phone, a VR or AR headset is really just an optical system yeah. with a Wi-Fi connection. Yeah. You know, maybe you have a GPS and a gyroscope in there. But those mm. are tiny, tiny light pieces of technology. Yeah. And what's expensive, of course, in, in a phone is, is, is a computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, so they'll become true thin clients. Yes. Really. Yes. And there are other, you know, advantages to it. That's the end of part one of this interview. Please join us for parts two and three shortly.